Pod, 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 pod. Rugby pod. Hello and welcome back to a fourth season of the Rugby Pod, brought to you as usual by our good friends at Guinness. And if you're watching this on Rugby Pass, YouTube or social media, you'll notice we're in a brand new studio. So big thanks to Guinness for helping us put that together and supplying us with plenty of stock for the season. Hell yeah! We'll be hosting and promoting live events with them throughout the season, including a premiere that they're hosting in Flatiron Square this Wednesday evening. Details of that will be coming at the end of the show, but thanks to them again for their support. I'm Andy Ryan. I'm joined by Jim Hamilton, Andy Good, as usual. They're back for another season. How's the summer been, lads? Sweaty. And I've missed this, haven't I? You have missed it. Goody's smile on his face as he's walked into the new studio door shows me how much the podcast means it to does, your life. And it also means my missus doesn't have to abuse me anymore. She's like, just hurry up and get back on the pod because you can get rid of the, all that immaturity with the most immature rugby player that's ever played the game, Jim Hamilton. And talking of silly, this basically sums it up for me. So as we know, the listenership is increasing, which is clearly great. I'm up in Edinburgh at the weekend, just doing my thing, just giving back to grassroots rugby. Are you living back up there? or No, nah, not living uh, back we'll up there. We'll get to that in a bit. Not yet. So I go and meet my mate Cookie, the old Scotland kit man, a very good friend of mine. Tell the sweats that. You think you think Goody sweats, you want to see Cookie. Um, <laughs> he's, a bit, he's a big old beast. Go and meet him for quite a bit. Edinburgh Festival's on. So let me guard down and relax. But this sums up where we are in life. And this is where I am in life at the minute. Walk into one of the kind of festival tents. It is absolutely smashing it down. Cookie hands me a beer. As I put the beer to my mouth, it tastes amazing. I hear a scream, a squeal of buffalo come in from a mass of group of lads. And they were right. First pint, relaxing night, 36 years old. I haven't been out for a while. I haven't enjoyed a quiet pint. The curry rugby lads... Thank you for that. It ruined my night. Um, <laughs> ruined your night. It did. So you back living in Edinburgh now? Not yet. I mean, this bloke. I feel for his kids. One, he doesn't know that he doesn't know their kids' names. But two, he's moved them from the Cotswolds to Edinburgh, back to the Cotswolds. What a life! Back to Edinburgh. What a life! Down to Harpenden. With are you back in Nigel Ray's house that you got you? No, that was in Luton. Mate. I don't, oh. I, I'm, I've upgraded now. Okay, and then you know, I think he's moving again. Your kids. I've been to like five different schools in the last two years they're well traveled hey talking to kids <laughs> talking to kids we've got news we have we've what? got news producer tim baby on the way baby, baby on the way on the way good it's luck great news i mean good luck to him with the sleep so when he when he rang me and told me he said oh i've got a baby on the way and this probably sums me up do you remember what i said what the, is it yours <laughs> <laughs> and then i said good luck but we can talk about it ivf Gone down that route, and then we had a good old giggle about the process that involves IVF. You were involved in that, Goody. Do you want to share that to the millions? Well, yeah. I mean, you go to a clinic, um, and you have to produce a, uh, a specimen. Oh, I was going to say a deposit, a, a sample. A depo- Yours is more a deposit. Mine, mine would be, <laughs> mine would be a specimen. A vat. A no, vat mine would a be vat. a specimen. So yeah, um, you, you yeah. You go into a room, and they say there's some uh, material for you. Talk us through the material, because well, the one that I went to, that's what I wanted to talk about. There was a touch screen. Yep. There was a touch screen no, well, on there. There's two options. There was some uh, paperback material. Yeah. And then there's a touch screen. So I had to flick on the touch screen. Mate, what about some of the videos on there? <laughs> and it was, um, I mean, it was agricultural, shall we say. What do you mean? <laughs> agricultural? Well, you know, there was... Have you uh, never been, Andy Rowe? There was no... No, I've never been. There, there was no Vite. There was no, you know, it was just bush everywhere. And so I just flipped the phone out and off you go. And then you press a button, put it through the little cubby hole and off it goes. It's, it's a weird, weird thing. A weird nine months later, you've got through. identical twins that just drive you mad sometimes. But 
are amazing and you've got two nannies because of that so yeah it's carnage at the moment life's good school holidays carnage it's like you feel awful saying that but what do they do kids what do they do they go on holiday no, we, we cancelled the holiday after last, <laughs> last season's Dubai. Oh. But it's been nice, actually, with no ruggers. I'll be honest. I was all ruggered out by the end of the year. And uh, I'm ready to go again. And I'm ha- ready to go. And how's the health, boys? You've both got your own struggles. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I'm, I'll be honest. I've lost a stone. I no, actually no, have lost a haven't. stone. On my children's life, from, I've lost a stone. From where? From my shoe. <laughs> Uh, no, I've been to the gym. I've been. Um, You've lost a stone, genuinely. Genuinely, my nipples have come back up north a bit. Been doing a bit of bench because they were underneath. Weren't no, they, I mean, while. they were going down south. Let's not let's not beat around the bush. Because he sends me these videos of him in the gym. Now we know that you are wealthier than the average person. Uh, yeah, I you've, mean, you've that's got nothing to do going you, to the gym. But James. you've only got one. To, every time I th- I think you've sent a bank of videos of you on the bike walk over to the cross train, a video there, and then send me one a week saying that I'm at the gym. Like, you look exactly the same no, as the I've, one I've before. dated them. I've started to date the videos for okay. you. Mate, fair play. So you're saying I, ha- I do look like I've lost a bit? I would, genuinely, you don't look like you have. Oh, no. fuck off, Jim. You have. But we'll, we'll see what people see. When they see you on video, they can comment whether you look leaner. Slimmer. It takes years. It takes years to get in it's shape. Like slimmer. Slimmer. What's the plan for you now? Are you gonna? Are you got any sort of targets that you want to hit this year with your weight? Or are you going to um, enter any triathlons? No. I'm not going to do what Jim does and put a stupid bet out there early on that he very nearly had Joe Marlowe's face tattooed on his ass. I'm not putting another bet on again now. Ever? No. Well, I'm going on holiday again uh, this weekend. Back to Portugal. Going to get the budgies out. Now budgie smugglers and rock them around the pool. Are you comfortable now that you can do that? Uh, better, shall we say, than, than I would have been. Good on you. I'm happy for you. Yeah. I genuinely am. The though. missus is going to shave the back and we'll be fine. Oh, I, was gonna, I thought you were going to say something else then. <laughs> <laughs> Jim, how are you getting on, mate? Matt, I'm all right. I'm all right. I've still got this bloody Graves disease. Um, I mean, what a horrible name for it. Graves disease. Uh, I'm up and down, if you're asking. Obviously, clearly embarrassed myself and my family when me and you did the sprint triathlon. That triathlon was embarrassing. It, it was embarrassing. So this season, Goody's losing weight. This season, I'm going to try and sort this bloody thyroid thing out. and Just turning back into the machine that I once was. Andy, right? How are you? He's anyway? still deluded. I'm still good. Deluded. I'm good. Yeah, no, that's right. Don't, don't worry. Don't worry, mate. Yeah, that's fine, mate. Yeah, cheers. <laughs> While we're, you guys have been away training uh, throughout the off season, uh, Goody losing weight, uh, you just staying where you are. Fred, the the boss, has been making this magnificent studio for us, decking it out with uh, with Guinness um, apparel everywhere. What what are your thoughts so far, guys? Oh, we're going up in the world, aren't we, Jim? I'm happy. It's nice. It's nice to have our own space. Every everything in life is about evolution, personally, collectively, and that's what we've done. So we're here for the first time. It was great. Well, we'll talk about uh, Eddie Jones' squad shortly. Um, let's have a look at the games from the weekend. First of all, uh, we'll talk about the England match. What did you guys make of a England's performance and and b Wales's performance uh, off the back of them briefly holding the world number one spot? I thought it was a rubbish game. Which is a shame, really, because as I said, my appetite for ruggers was back. I watched it and I thought it was I thought it was crap. I think it was always going to be. It's weird, isn't it? Playing a test match before a World Cup, I don't think... It's that not. It happens every four-year cycle. Yeah. They play test matches before the World Cup and the World Cup warm-ups. That weren't really a test match, though, was it? Oh, yeah. Mate, the, 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 the level of ruggers was, you, was uh, crap. Um, you tell the first caps that that wasn't a test match. What about Jackson? A bit harsh. Singleton coming off the bench with about 30 seconds to go. That's a test match. That's a cap. Yes, please. <laughs> yeah, a bit harsh. Uh, we should say that Lewis Ludlam, wow. What a debut. 
for him. So it was. I'm probably harsh in saying that, but I'm saying as a, as a game itself, like a few, like, you know, like there was there were some good performances. I honestly thought Wales were going to beat him by 20 points. You know, they went full noise, and Wales, unfortunately, they never start tournaments well. If you want to say this is the start of their tournament, their first game, they're never at their best. Yeah, fair play to England. Like you're talking now, you look at the other results from the weekend. If that's England's, you know, half of that team's maybe their second string, if you want to say that. There's only probably three guys that would start in England's best team if it was World Cup final tomorrow. So Billy and Curry in the back row and then Elliot Daly in a position, whether it's fullback. Now Watson's back. You know, you perhaps throw Watson into the mix that he'd start, but then you've obviously got Johnny May to come back in the team as well. Cock and the singer. Thought he played well. He looks an absolute monster. Has he got bigger? I reckon he's got more in him as well. Yeah. Like I'm watching him. He's raw. He, he, when he goos, he goos. Like he's full goo, like isn't he? He can, he can carry it. Mate, to be fair to Fordy, he played well as yeah. well. But I don't know. I just thought it was a crap game. Like I'm watching it and it's like they're talking about test match. Adam Wynne-Jones spoke about, about it before that it's a test match. And that's how they're, they're looking at it. They whether or not it matters or not, but they could have become world number one off the back of New Zealand getting absolutely humpered and called against Australia the day before. Well, technically, they were world number one going into kickoff, weren't they? Uh, by New Zealand losing. So basically, England's second team have beaten the best team in the world. So we're going to win the World Cup. Look at this. Simples. That's absolutely it. simples. As long as Eddie keeps his head, uh, we'll be all right. Well, Eddie said that this game wouldn't have any bearing on the squad. Um, we're now seeing the squads just come out. Willie Hines and Ludlam both in the squad. Do you think that was off the back of their performance in the weekend? I, I think it is, yeah. I think Ludlam especially. 100% Ludlam. Yeah, 100%. And there's talk of Shields that he, he might make it. It was just there for the taking for him, wasn't it? And you talk about taking your opportunity from start to finish. And I tweeted a picture of or a video of him singing the anthem. Not that that matters, but he took that emotion and what it means to play for his country into the game. And it, things have got to go right for you. And when you play against Wales and you play around, you know, and they hit up in them tight channels, they come route one, that suited his game. You know, Eddie Jones mentioned that he had in his mind probably the majority of the, the team that he was going to take. I reckon Ludlam changed his mind. You mentioned Hines as well. You know, to only take two scrum halves is quite ballsy as well. But Willie Hines going into that game, I think he's 30 years old. He's come out of nowhere, really. If you read the, the press and the stuff on social media, no one thought he should have been playing for England. And he, he played really well at the weekend. And Eddie Jones obviously likes him. Yeah, it's always interesting when you look at a squad makeup and how it gets selected. You look at areas where they've sacrificed someone to take a, another position. Obviously, three loose head props. Joe Marler's back in the mix. Uh, he's in the squad with Ellis Genge and uh, Mako Vanapola, who's injured. But there's only two tight heads, which I find interesting. No Harry Williams. Uh, so they're only taking Dan Cole and Carl Sinclair. Um, fair, fair play to Coley. He's played a, oh, lot, a, a come, lot better. Yeah, he's come, since Goody rinsed him on the podcast, and I went you, to Leicester. It was you. He didn't talk to me at Leicester. I went <laughs> to him. I grew up with Coley, and since the podcast came out, and we said that he slowed down, and the scrum was going back at hundred miles an hour. Two things happened. He stopped talking to me, and he improved his game. So you're welcome, Coley. <laughs> Good on you, big fella. He's absolutely loaded. He don't spend any money going to a World Cup again. Not that it's all about money. Why, why is it always back to money with you, Jim? It's not. I'm just jealous. Okay. I'm jealous that he, he's pulled his finger out and he's, he's now going to be making a mint and probably going to, well, it's going to be his last World Cup. And but I, think it's a stra- I think it's a strange one, though, taking only two tight heads. You know, you, 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 one of them gets a knock, con- concussion. The knock-on effect of that in a squad, you have to have, obviously, uh, someone that's declared that can play tight head. 
on the bench. You know, you, you can pick a squad to pieces. It's great to see he's giving youngsters opportunities. Obviously, Ludlam's played his part and, and got into the squad. You know, Coley was good at the weekend, wasn't he? He scrummaged really well, won penalties. But Harry Williams, I think, has been outstanding for Exeter as well. So, is it a risk to only take two nines and two tight heads? Possibly. He's, he's gone for experience with Coley. I know it sounds ridiculous to say, but you know what you're getting with Sinclair? There's, you, he's a hothead though so you know yeah. if something happens with Sinclair he's brilliant but there, he has got something in him sometimes that he loses discipline yeah. you then think well, we've only got one of the tight heads so it's an interesting makeup. But but where England lacking is uh, leadership really isn't it and experience is that where Willie Hines comes in well I think him and, and Coley like having guys that have been around the block a little bit but I think more international experience really and McConaughey's in as well, even though he didn't make his debut on the weekend. Matt, I'll be honest, I've not even seen, I wouldn't even say I've seen him with the ball in hand. Well, it's because you're I don't really watch, watch him well, doesn't watch the backs. No, talk to me about him. How good is he? he well, I've, I've heard he's, he's, I've heard, well, he clearly must be very good because he yeah. didn't play at the weekend. He pulled out injured. Yeah, he's played very well for Bath. He's come from sevens, uh, a sevens background with England. His first year really in 15s last year at Bath in the Premiership and did well. Um, it is a surprise. Maybe it's got something to do with uh, the balance of the, of the back line. Obviously, Ben Teo's not in. No Mike Brown there. What's, that, what's happening? Scrappy there? dappy do, I heard. Right on the pierce. Boom, 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 boom. So on the pierce and they're having a scrap. Um, well, who knows? It's all rumours. Uh, well, may, maybe that's... Hit us with some rumours. May, maybe yeah. that's why McConaughey has been given the opportunity. Because if you talk about experience and you want someone that can play fullback wing, you'd have probably taken Mike Brown. But fair play to Eddie Jones. If you're scrapping in the squad, you ain't getting picked, boys. Why? Well, you you scrapped with Farrell, and you'd never got picked after that, did you? Very true. Don't scrap. <laughs> I don't think I would have got. I don't think that was the reason I didn't get picked. Really, right, okay. I'll be honest. But yeah, yeah. is that why? But surely not. Like because I don't he's imagine got, he's got to answer questions well, now. T- Teo's not a big drinker, is he? Like that, that's quite. Remember the Scotland game after the Scotland game. Teo is a massive drinker, <laughs> isn't he? <laughs> so obviously loves to scrap, but I don't know. I mean, he's a, he's a big player for me. Teo's one of them guys. Hardly ever plays for Worcester. Clearly probably doesn't care too much about playing for Worcester. We saw during the Lions tour, people are questioning whether he should play or not. And you get guys who are, they're called test match animals, <laughs> you know, and there's, there ain't many no, of them I about. I don't know, James. There ain't many of them it about. Ain't me or you, so um, what are about? And he was one of them. So I'm surprised that, that he, he's well, not Well, Piers Francis, actually, I thought he played pretty well yesterday. Um, put a decent shot on. Uh, Hadley Parks came on a quality line off the line out. And oh, he quite absolutely was ended him. Um, so Piers Francis in it, sort of back up inside centre um, instead of Tio. So clearly Eddie Jones has probably said to him, see you later. Ben Tio has been in, I think, pretty much every squad that Eddie Jones has picked when he's been fit. Um, so it's, you know, obviously... Must have been a big scrap. No boozing. Maybe that's why not. Sips isn't in either. Old unless, news now. Old yeah, news. Unless all of them got injured. If they, if they get injured, he's in. And we've, we've said that for a long time. But, you know, he's... Obviously, we've seen that he wasn't given a fair chance in terms of actually training with the squad, showing Eddie Jones what he can do in, in that environment. Eddie Jones made his mind up. And, you know, as much as we give Eddie a bit of stick on here at times for some of his decisions, he's always said judgment on the World Cup and he will do it however he sees fit. And he won't bow to pressure of press of, you know, people's opinions of who should be in it. Ford and Farrell are his boys. And, you know, off we go. And, you know, we've our second team just beat the best team in the world. We're favourites for the World Cup now. You surprised how early they named the squad because you didn't need to name it for another month yet, didn't he? Um, ben Young said something yesterday about it's actually better to have to name it early 
Uh, so everyone knows where they stand. Everyone, you know, you can just focus on those 31 players. Perhaps he should have left it another week, but again, it's Eddie Jones. He'll do what Eddie Jones wants to do. He said yesterday that however anyone played yesterday had no bearing on the selection for the squad. And you go back to 2015, some of the players are now coming out. And of course, they're only going to say what Eddie Jones wants them to say or hear. But they're saying in 2015, there was loads of training examples where no one knew where they stood, were they in the squad. It started a few rifts between guys in the same positions and it just wasn't good for squad morale uh, to name a squad later. You know, it's easy saying that after the horse has bolted sort of thing four years later. But, you know, for those guys that haven't been picked, you know, you hope, I've seen Gloucester giving Cipriani more time off and he's back in America on holiday. You hope that those guys like Shields, I know he's come back from an injury, but some of the guys that have been done all the training, which is, you know, Jim's scenario from 2015, you do it all and then last minute you get sent off. is a horrible thing. So at least they've now got time. Go away from your club, to back to your clubs, but go away on holiday for a couple of weeks because the premiership season doesn't start till October. They'll want to stay fit, but they'll also need some headspace to get away from just going straight back into a club environment, which they don't want really because they've just missed out on the biggest thing ever to play in the World Cup. How do you balance that mentally and physically, especially if you're the, the next choice uh, tight hit, there's only two tight hits going, like how do you balance that? I'm just going to take time off versus I've got to stay fit and keep training. Just retire. That's what I did. Right, yeah. <laughs> just, just literally throw your toys out the pram. I don't know. Is this bringing back memories for you, Jim? Is it, is it right? There's a tear coming. It's not. A little bit, I suppose. Yes. <laughs> God. Um, but yours was horrible and it was last uh, minute, wasn't it? Mine was, look, you, you put all that work in. Kill, you, kill all those rabbits. Yeah, exactly. Which you didn't, I didn't want to do, I should say. Um like it's tough you're in that environment for for so long um and yeah like you put everything in it hoping that you're going to go to a world cup and you don't go at the end but yeah it depends around the circumstances what i quite like about eddie jones and what he's done is he knows what his squad is he he knows who his team is and you look back at scotland over years and in squads that i was in i if you pay me a million pound i would not know who the team was going in. And I did an interview with Neil Back the other week, actually, for Rugby Pass. They were doing a feature on World Cup memories, and he was one of them, clearly, from the 2003 World Cup. But you hear him speak and hear him talk about the lead-up to that. They knew where they stood in the squad. They knew the starting 15. They knew if a guy got injured, who was going to come in. I've been in teams before going to World Cup. We've had a, a captain named before the World Cup, and he wasn't even guaranteed his place. Who was that? It was Al Kellogg. At the time, oh, so the two, position, two, position, two, hatred, yeah, position, position hatred. in hindsight, position hatred. Looking you. back in 2011, regardless of what issues might have been caused by myself, if they would have picked Al Kellogg as captain, we needed a captain going into the World Cup. So Al was named captain of the Scotland team in 2011 by Andy Robinson. Al started against Romania, big test, tier three victory, nearly lost to Romania, got dropped after Romania or rotated out. I started against Georgia. We won in a 6-3 classic. <laughs> I got sat down by the winger. I started <laughs> Any penalties? Them. Any yellow cards? No, I actually played quite well in that game from what I can remember, Dan in Invercargill. Um, and then I played against Argentina in a must-win game against Wellington. We win, won that game, we would have went through. Is that and when you got skinned? I got skinned by the, the, the winger as well. So my fault. Uh, and Al played against the must-win game against England. Now, what are the team? You look at all the other teams, the t- Tier 1 nations, you know going into that, Really, the backbone of the team and who the captain is. And I actually love that about Eddie Jones. That you, we, Regardless of what we think, as a squad, he knows exactly what his team is. He knows. 
Like there's there's no question. We could probably sit here and name it. And I think that's what you need. You, you need that going in. Things can change though as well. You know, over a World Cup cycle, you know, you look at, you go back to 03, you talk about Bucky's one. That starting team was nailed on. Everyone knew who it would be uh, going into the World Cup. But then they changed it. It was the semi-final. They changed it. They dropped Mike Tindall and, and played Mike Cap. Um, yeah, they, put, they pulled Tindall off in the game, didn't they, as well? Right. There, there will be times when things will change. Now, Jim and I can sit here, and I think pretty much everyone can sit here and name what most believe to be Eddie Jones's first choice team. The hard thing about Eddie Jones and naming what we think he'd pick is actually getting it right because he's so unpredictable. And you've got someone like McConaughey coming in from, you know, in Jim's opinion, and, and other people would be like, geez, that's a bit of a left field one. Um, but it's, it's, you know, that's Eddie Jones. And right now, you, your two best England wingers would be Johnny May and Jack Knoll, if everyone's fit. Watson's back in the mix. Does he challenge Elliot Daly for fullback? I didn't think Elliot Daly played that well at the weekend, but he's got parts of his game, this left-footed penalty in a, you know, his left-footed long-range penalty kicks in a World Cup knockout game are going to be crucial. So do you pick him on the wing? Do you play Watson? Watson was brilliant. You have to, I think he has to be in the team, um, you know, because of how good he is attacking-wise. So it's, it's interesting. Um, and there are going to be different pathways that Eddie Jones goes down between now and, you know, in reality, our first two games, Tonga and then USA, short turnarounds. He'll rotate a few in there, but come Argentina and then France, you're picking your best team for Argentina, you're picking your best team for France, and then you're into a knockout. And it's, you know, as that 03 squad have said before, you only need to be the best team in the world for three weeks. doesn't matter whether you're number one coming into it. doesn't matter what's gone on in the warm-up games. It's all about those last three weeks of a World Cup once you get to the quarterfinals, which... By the way, we didn't do last time, did we, in 2015? Don't forget, you can catch all this season's Premiership, Pro 14, Champions Cup, and much more on rugbypass.com. If you're in Asia and wherever you are in the world, you can watch the video version of this pod on there as well. And you can get even more great rugby pod content throughout this season by signing up to our Superfan subscription service at patreon.com for just a few quid a month. And you can get your hands on loads of extra interviews and features on there as well. Friend of the show, Darren Cave, actually caught up with Island Captain Rory Best in one of the most recent offerings and we thought we'd play you a quick clip of that now to give you a taste of what's on offer pod 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 rugby pod i've noticed before you don't sing ireland's call um so i know that you're not much of a singer unless you've had eight pints and half a bottle of whiskey and the devil goes down to georgia comes on um yeah (laughs) um so have you ever sung it or how did that come about i think i I didn't sing it really because I enjoy getting absolutely massacred on social media after the game for not singing it. I mean, that's one of the highlights is refreshing Twitter and, and people abusing me for not singing the anthem. And it wouldn't be the same. Playing for Ireland wouldn't be the same without that, obviously, that massive encouragement that I get. Yeah, it's nice to have that support, isn't it? It is, yeah. Um, look, it's the thing is, it's so ironic that you get abused for it and nobody actually, nobody's ever stopped and asked you, you know, why don't you sing it? And it goes back to my Ireland schools days um, and you know what it's like playing Ireland schools you know you think it's going to be the greatest honour you're ever going to achieve you're playing for Ireland you know and being from rugby families like we were you know you're sort of you're going this is incredible and you get so emotionally charged for it and Ireland's call come on comes on that you've heard so many times in the old Lansdowne Road or watching on TV and you're, you're belting it out and I remember we played I think it was France France or England kicked off I'm flying up going, the first guy is getting it. They catch it, kick it out. And I'm then turning around, running back to get a ball. Still thinking somebody's going to get it. And I fired this throw in that went. 
I can't sort of tell the story that it went about three times the height of the person I was throwing <laughs> to. It wasn't don't that spoil, bad. Don't spoil it after dinner <laughs> speaking now for stories just on this on this podcast. And it just, it flew over the top. And I just sort of went, from then on I went, I can't go into a game. Because it mean it's so emotive to me, Ireland's call. And actually, um, even the, the, the tail end of the Irish National Anthem, you know, when, that, when you get that sort of build up for that crescendo at the end, like that, there are memories that I have from from going to the old Lansdowne Road to watch, you know, this build-up and then the massive cheer and then Ireland's call coming on. And and the problem is then I worry that it's going to happen in a big game that we're going to kick off against the All Blacks. Bowden Barrett's going to catch it, kick it out, and then I'm fully charged trying to focus in. And, and it is such a such a core skill. It's a bit like goal-kicking. You know, you have to get your heart rate down. You have to focus, get your breathing back, and focus for that split second to throw the perfect throw and that that's just why I did it and I, I don't know whether it would affect me as much now but I'm not prepared to take the chance pod 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 rugby pod there you go and if you've been considering doing it now's the time so go and check out patreon.com forward slash the rugby pod so Ireland uh, without Rory Best um, did alright against Italy didn't they did alright Ireland are a tough one for me to call Again, it's difficult to look at these test matches, if you want to call it. I don't even think they should be called test matches myself. I'm annoyed because they were so crap, the games that I watched. <laughs> um, oh, the, uh, the interesting one for Ireland, obviously, with Toby Carberry, Joey Carberry, with yeah. him picking up the injury. Uh, Sexton, obviously, don't get me wrong, he's their out-and-out first choice. He's their talisman. I disagree. He is. Really? I, I, I genuinely disagree. And I, I don't want to open people up and say... Go on. I just don't think Sexton's at the level anymore. I really don't. I think that that's the issue that Ireland have got. If he's fit, they will pick him yeah. because he's so important. But like looking back on last season, I've never seen a player go down so much in all my life. But that, that you know, that is a bit of how he plays, takes the ball to the line. We talked about this quite a few yeah, times. But, but he he does get hit, and you know, let's not forget that the tackles are getting more and more ferocious. If you're a ten taking the ball to the line, and you're getting whacked legally, you're gonna, you know, he is gonna try and buy penalties, and he, he has openly said, hasn't he? Sometimes he will stay down for that extra second or two just to get the TMO to look at it if it is bad. And as a, as a 10, you don't actually know how bad it is until you see it on the screen. You feel everything. You, know, you feel it's bad when you get hit after you pass the ball. But then you see it on the screen, you're like, well, maybe it's not too bad. If he, and he is injury prone at the minute, and he does stay down, like Jim says, if he gets a knock in the World Cup and can't go back to back, you're talking big quarterfinals, semifinals, potentially finals. You know They've got Scotland first up in their game. Carberry now potentially with a serious ankle injury if he's gone it's a six week injury potentially so that's a massive thing you know you look at Wales Anscombe then Dan Biggers in why has he played on why has Anscombe stayed on yeah idiot yeah and then try chip and chase yourself mate it shouldn't be a test match but then if Dan Bigger gets a knock Wales where's your next fly off you're going Patchell, back to Patchell same with England how funny looking to you by the way Patchell <laughs> so you know these things are going to ha- evolve over the next three or four or five weeks Leading, you know, we're going to see players get injured. A betting man would probably say, of those 31 players that Eddie Jones has picked, not all 31 might get on that plane. You know, there's three big test matches. Oh, there's always big injuries. And you know, something will happen uh, between now and, and when they get on the plane to go and play Tonga in our first game, which you're bound to get your heads taken off with that as well. Yeah, so just talking about Ireland. Um, so for me, the Sexton thing, people will be split. And I really hope that he pro- proves us wrong or me wrong that he's going to go there and be a standout player but you look at England and Wales for example how they're going to the World Cup the fact that most people will be able to know who their team is 
there's contingency plans, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Just with Ireland, I have no, they've got Scotland first game, like you mentioned there. There's a good chance they could lose that. No chance, mate. I, I'm telling you now, absolutely no chance. Really? Okay. Oh, there's a good chance Scotland may lose to <laughs> may lose to Ireland, then Japan as well, Melbourne. Well, Scotland are interesting as well. Scotland, right? This is how if someone said to me, "How's Scotland going to do?" I've got no idea. Genuinely, hand on heart, I think they could go there. They could beat Ireland. They could beat Japan. Top the pool and go and play South Africa, New Zealand in in the quarterfinal and potentially even beat them. I sound absolutely <laughs> ridiculous. Look at you. Remember, who's got the Calcutta Cup? There you go. That's ridiculous. It is. Or, he didn't even win it. Or they could lose to Ireland and they could lose to Japan. But that's, you just have no idea, you know, with the Scotland team. But is that the beauty of this World Cup, this very World Cup? We're oh, talking there's about always now. something beautiful. Beauty well, and is. the Beast. But you, you look at it. Sat on the, so actually, this is it. This yeah. is Beauty and the beauty Beast. Here, you're the Beast. Absolutely not. Oh, okay. But you look at the, you know, the All Blacks getting absolutely hosed by Australia at the weekend. Yeah, that's because there was a sending off. No, but I th- even then... They were I, outplayed before I, the team. Oh, here he is. They don't, don't turn your back don't, on your don't team. Don't be humble now, Andy Rowe. <laughs> you're the arrogant Kiwi. <laughs> um, but you're, you're right. You're talking about, you know, the, it's a wide open World Cup and you say that was because of a sending off. These but you, are, what are you trolling on social mate, media I don't reckon again? it's a red card. Are you joking I me? I don't think there's excessive force. You are joking. You're it's taking a, the piss. It's a pick and go. And he's, what do you mean it's a pick and go? But it's not a full on... See, I think it's a yellow it card. It could be a pick and poo. It doesn't matter. Like, he smashed him in the head with his arm. I think, are I you think joking? The, I think the, so initial, Goody, I think you, the initial contact is his back. You are... And then it rides up to his neck. You oh, are... I, I, I just don't think it's... You need to put a stone back on, mate. This ain't right. This ain't you. <laughs> You're clouded. You Do you think clouded. it's a red card by the rules or you don't think it's a red card by the rules? I get why people are saying that's a red card and... You've seen the the flow charts of how you get to a red card. I mean, what about trying but to it, what about trying to break them charts down? Break it down, chicken so, so you're saying technically you can understand why it's a red card, or technically I can it's the not. outrage of why it's a red card. But I also think you know if if Hooper has run into him from ten meters and that's happened, that's a red card all day long. Sonny Bill against Anthony Watson. This is a pick and go from a breakdown. There's a yard in between them, and I, you know, Ellis Genge yesterday. There was a few times when he's done that. A shoulder like that, not not hitting anyone's head, not hitting anyone's neck, but in close quarter contact like that, you could rip out five or six of them again. Not like, like that. Not, not maybe not as clear cut as Why that. Why is he close his arm? There's that. There's abs- unless his shoulders fucked, which I can understand. Right. There's, no, there's but, just no need for him to do it. You know, I I now think. You know, you, you heard what Eddie Jones said. It's not often I agree with Eddie, but I do here. Eddie Jones said it was ridiculous. The World Cup could get decided a massive game like that on. A decision where you could argue both ways. That's a yellow card. Ben Kay mentioned something about bringing in an orange card or something where, you know, that guy gets Simbin for 10 minutes, then a forced substitution. There's obviously a grey area. There's other areas where it's clear-cut red. Sonny Bill's one against Anthony Watson. That's a clear-cut red card every day of the week. This one's close-quarter contact. It's a pick-and-go. Can you say there's excessive force there? He's barring up for a pick-and-go. It's not like you've seen someone from 10 metres out have a run at you and you're like he's having it there's a, there's a difference and that's my argument so that's why I think that was a yellow card um, and you know where was his initial contact wasn't on the head it was on the back of the neck it was on his back <laughs> top end of his but back. I hate seeing red cards no I know but you changed Jim yeah, yeah Jim now, now you give changed. us your, your version of why it should have been a red card because he's blitzed him with a closed arm with his shoulder mate he's hit him with force not excessive force though and the, the worrying thing for me is, you saw Hooper's reaction. Hooper, ah! Hooper got up and was fine. And I'm not saying I'm not saying he tried to get him sent off. He obviously got hit there and he felt it. 
players will now start, I genuinely believe, start to appeal stuff like that Definitely. to a referee. And that's the worry when you've got something with, in my opinion, a grey area, so contentious, that players start to do that and look to you know, just dip your head into something before you see a contact coming where you know you're not going to get but, hurt. Yeah, but he's not dipped in. Like, even if he's dipped in... And no, he's, I'm not he's saying, he, I'm not saying he has, but players may start to do yeah, that. I just don't think there was any need for him whatsoever to have a closed arm. Oh, no, if he lifts his arm up, it's yeah. fine. But then you saw Manu Tuolangi yesterday, ball in hand, holding the ball and, and shove his arm up. Yeah. Well, how about tackle that? No thanks. Yeah, exactly. But it, they're, the, they're the things that you could slow-mo it down and you could probably see Manu oh, there's loads with of the point good. of his elbow yeah, in someone's yeah, throat well, by accident. But everything now is around the tackle. And again, yeah. I'd love to sit here and say I don't think it was a red card, but I've never, I've not seen a more blatant red card in a, yeah. in a, in a good few no, games. On this uh, red card that we've been talking about, uh, we'll keep with the tackling theme. What have you guys made of the leaked chat about Wood Rugby lowering the tackle oh, to blow the waist? Mate... Didn't they do something below the nipples yeah. in the under uh, in the twenties champ- B championship or something? In the championship, and it got canned. No, I think the the, cha- the English champ. So the division oh, one, yeah, yeah they the, did it, it and then the they English, canned it. Yeah, English Cup. Oh mate, th- th- don't get me started. I, I, who are these people just making these decisions? Like they must. They sat around the table thinking, "Hello, right, this is what we're going to do now." But I think they've got to. They've got a duty to discuss things about player sa- safety. But we've we've done that now. We've done that. Well, we haven't because so they're, they're, they're trialing things out. Well, no, we, we, I, I think now we've we've hit the nail on the head. See what I've done there. They're looking after the players' heads. And we're seeing that more now. Players are aware. Uh, teams are now changing techniques in which they do. Who is thinking, I'll tell you what, just going to go around trying to tackle people around the waist? It's almost comical. Yeah, no, I agree. I don't agree with... Or down around been, by the knees as well, obviously. Yeah, but. I don't agree with what's come out about them saying that could be something they look at. Uh, long term uh, and you know a lot of players are saying you get just as many concussions by going low and getting hit by the knee as opposed to and the hip bone as opposed to well, and the head on the head if yeah. two players are going in and I had a, an argument not an argument a discussion with Ross Tucker who's why are you so enough. angry I'm not I'm, 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 I'm say I'm motivated to talk about this so Ross Tucker I think he's been heading up the concussion studies he's done a load of stuff in, in America with NFL and I think he resides in South Africa. I posted something last year about it saying that I think by going lower, that increases the chances of concussion. Well, your back would be fucked. You wouldn't get down there. Well, I, I literally, literally I, I wouldn't I wouldn't be able to get down there. So, like, big Willie, little Willie Skelton. You see him, he is borderlining, obviously getting Simbin the majority <laughs> of the time he goes in. But most of my injuries and, and head knocks that I've been involved in are head on hip, head on knee, or head on head as two players come in at the same height to try and tackle. That's what I think. Or Trevor Anus and David Post sparked you out. What a name, Trevor Anus. <laughs> hey, what's your name, Trevor Anus? What? <laughs> oh, James. Well, there's a few names uh, that didn't make the cut for Scotland. Um, they didn't play on the weekend, but Graham, Greg, Stain and Pergos uh, all cut from the squad. I love long. the way you said that, Graham, Greg, Stain. So have you have you heard how the, the, the team's going at all, Jim? Thoughts, Goody? Thoughts, Goody, first on the emissions? So Gary Graham's gone. He said he was English, then he's Scottish, and he's not made it. He was our biggest listeners uh, ship last year, uh, Gary Graham's podcast, when he came on. So, obviously a big fan of him. I think that the indecision, I don't think that has anything to play with it at all. We talk about the Scotland squad, and down here in London, in England... Where you live, James. Is it's probably going a little bit under the radar. I, I spoke about it earlier in the show. I said, leadership. Still, we are now into another World Cup. We went into a World Cup four years ago. Greg Laidlaw, captain... Year before, no idea. This year, what Greg had no idea, or no one did. Oh, okay. This year, who's captain of Scotland? Uh, I hope John Barkley. 
You hope John Barkley. Do you know John Barkley? I know him as a person, yeah. But I don't know if he's captain. No one knows. No oh, one knows who the does, captain is. Does, does Gregor know? I don't think he knows. We should try and find out. So my point is, is we're, we're close to a World Cup now and we, the fans, people interested in Scottish rugby do not know who the captain of the national team is. So we've spoken about the emissions there. Gary Graham, Nick Grigg, he's on fire. Get it? Nick Grigg's on. He's not on fire though. He's just no, been he's dropped. No, he's just been dropped. Stain and uh, Henry Pogo. Stain's a good player for Glasgow. But he was class um, towards the end of last season. But Scotland now got strength in depth. Yes, they have. They've got strength in depth now. They've got some world-class players. McAnally, big fan of him. I saw Johnny Gray at the weekend, actually. He's looking in good shape. He's going to be fighting for his position, as we know. Richie Gray's not even in the squad, which I, for me is a big thing. Um, I think Richie Gray offers something, not from just being six foot ten and hung, hung like a pip, but he just offers something completely different. I don't know. Scotland are an interesting one. You, you think, and we always go back to that Calcutta Cup match, they could, could they didn't, they could have lost by 50 points. And imagine them now rolling into a World Cup off the back of that. Mm. But it's compl- after that second half performance against England, I think the confidence is slightly higher that they can do that. And they've got some quality players, obviously Finn, Hoggy and Darcy Graham for me is going to be a standout performer in this World Cup. He's dyed his hair like Hoggy. I don't know why peroxide blonde. Maybe it's a Hoika Borders thing. But yeah, he's going to be quality. Um, they've got Ireland first up. Who knows? That's the thing with the World Cup. Who knows? Scotland will be saying, why not them? You know, nearly beat the All Blacks just under a couple of years ago. Off the back of the performance against England in that second half, they can carve a team up. Yeah, they got to the quarters against Australia. 2015. Robbed. Should have should have won that game. Absolutely robbed. Again, Where's Joubert now? There's nowhere to be seen. Again, Joubert, refereeing decision. Loads of teams will I now just, I just at... want to go back. If I was playing, I keep saying it, it would have been a two-step love. Yeah, but you weren't, Jim. Mate, why is Alan Wynne-Jones talking of Lionel's throwing to the tail five metres out from his trial line when Ken Owens is... Li- well, we had nothing to do with the throw, I'll Is be this honest. Jim's notes again? Had nothing to do with the throw. Did you see the lift? Uh, Line-outs, who cares? Yeah, I'm just saying. It was important piece of analysis but you do you do look at the World Cup then so you, you know everyone after this weekend's games we haven't talked about the All Blacks properly yet have we not, not quite because um, that was your biggest ever record equaling biggest ever defeat and most points you've ever conceded in a test match but no biggie everyone will look at these games now and it's hard you know South Africa if there's a World Cup final tomorrow you'd say they could be favourites because the way they're playing you've got Australia two weeks ago everyone's like they've got no chance now you'd back Australia to beat Wales. Wales are Grand Slam champions. Wales' first team just lost to England. Second team, Ireland, who knows what's going to come out. Scotland, fancy themselves. Come on, boys. Who knows what's going to come out of France as well. I mean, they're in our group. Argentina, garbage at the minute. Could produce something at a World Cup. It's going to be the most exciting World Cup because the last two World Cups, the All Blacks have been massive favourites. So it was kind of a expectation that they'd win it. Now, you could name six, seven teams that could win this World Cup and that's why it's going to be very exciting. Well, let's talk about South Africa for a little bit because they've just won the rugby championship for the first time and they're going into this World Cup with more form than they've had for a long time. What did you make of, A, their performance against Argentina and uh, also their performance so far this season? South Africa are a force to be reckoned with and obviously their first game in the World Cup is against the All Blacks. So they're going to go to that. With Garcia's as well. Oh, is it with Garcia's again? What's wrong with that? I just don't know. I just don't know what's going to happen. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. No. Um, yeah, so, yeah, South Africa are, you know, Erasmus has come in and, and changed things. They've gone back to what I consider the strengths of South African rugby. Big, bruising forwards, good driving game, blitz defence that, you know, they brought in into international rugby years and years and years ago. And you can actually see this team as a replica of the 2000, a very similar sort of 
nature to the 2007 World Cup winning team. Um, you know, that won it over in Paris. Faf de Klerk, he didn't have his best game at the weekend, but he is quality. Pollard at 10, rate him massively. You know, they've now settled on him. They were Yankees before and Pollard is their 10 now. You know, Cheslin Colby, Vili LaRue's in form. Well, that's what I mean. The, th- the, th- the thing is they're picking players. I think before they had an issue with picking players overseas, didn't they? Yeah. Whereas now, like these, a lot of them know that they want to come to the Europe, France as well, well as England, to make money. So you look at Mostar, how well he's done at Gloucester. And he probably, maybe a few years ago, they probably wouldn't have even looked at him. Mm. So now you mentioned Faf de Klerk, obviously Willie LePou, who turned into Willie LaRue a little bit last year, started to play a little bit better. And uh, Erasmus has picked him. And that, you know, you, you look at their second row stocks, Etzebeth, Mostar, Snayman, who's, who's that? Lute, Lute, the I think he's injured, is he? You, he's off to sail, isn't he? Mate, yeah. they've got the Ankhalisi, he's injured, he's just coming back to fitness, isn't he? They are, you know, they are... Definitely massive contenders. South Africa got a massive chance. I just can't believe Australia pulled that out of the bag at the weekend. But again, like Checkers made some ballsy calls. O'Connor, again, how good is it seeing him? He was quality. He was just a loose cannon, weren't he? And he obviously went to Toulon and wherever and then Sale. He's found himself through meditation. He's um, all, he, he said he's matured a lot as well, you know. And these, you know, Curtly Bill, he's been through issues. He's matured and they're seeing that this is a golden opportunity for them to ah. their last. <laughs> yeah, you see what I've done there? They like it's their last opportunity at a World Cup. You know, Nick White was outstanding. Nick White was yeah, again to come from the Premiership. He's come over here and he's done exceptionally well. Extra back, Lele Ofano at ten. Yeah, that's you the know, big one for me. Yeah, huge. They've got because Bernard Foley, Foley. Yeah, because Foley for me again, it's easy to bag players. Quality player in the big big moments. I just saw him miss a lot of big kicks. If you're going to be a World Cup winning team, you know, or a semi finalist, you've got to be able to take them. And that's a ballsy call, isn't it? Mm. What about his story? Leonardo Alfano, it's unbelievable. Mm. Leukemia, wasn't it? Yeah, he had leukemia. You know, to bounce yeah. back from leukemia and then, you know, the, the challenge that he's been through, just, you know, getting cured from leukemia and then bouncing back to be a pro baller. Unbelievable. And then playing at the very top of your game. And playing so well. So it's not, it's not you know, a, a, a story that it's, oh, you know, we feel sorry for this guy, we'll get him in. They've picked him because mm. they know they need to change at 10. But also a big rap to Ulster as well. Yeah, Ulster helped him on that pathway, gave him the opportunity to come over, you know, in a, in a time that was tough for Ulster as a club. And, he, you know, that was a massive part of his rehabilitation. And, you know, it's great. It's a great story. It's heartwarming to to see what he's gone through and where he's at. But judging just as a rugby player, he fully deserves his place on merit. And he should now be their 10 nailed on through to the World Cup to as far as they go. And yes, you can rotate in some of the lesser games in their, in their pool, but he's the number one and he's going well. Do you think they'll back it up again this weekend? I think they can. You know, I've got no doubt the All Blacks will be a different beast next week. Um, you know, especially with fifteen players in the field to start the game at least. Um, but they've got some serious questions, the All Blacks, haven't they? They just don't look the same, do they? I think what's happened? A lot of teams have caught up. They've had a few issues with injuries as well. Uh, the direction of what they want to go and the yeah. depth. You know, have they got the depth? You talk about other teams knowing their starting team. They've just shifted Barrett to Bowden Barrett's yeah. fullback to play Mwanga. It's a massive shift just before a World Cup, which I get, but that's because they don't know what their best team is. You know, their centre partnership, they keep chopping and changing that. How good is his lead, by the way? Who's? Good oh, years. mate. What a lead. What a lead. I, I, see, don't I, think, I don't think I've seen a better hair, hairstyle in my life. I'm looking at that, I'm thinking that is... Would you rock fucking, that? Could I? Well, well both. Would cool. you or could you? Well, I'm, I'm slightly thinning now, so maybe <laughs> not. But I definitely could if it would grow. 
Yeah, so it's interesting that playing Ardy Severe at six is a change as well, isn't it? I um, love him. I love him. I've got no doubt the All Blacks are going to be a different beast this week at Eden Park, but I think Australia dominated that game from start to finish, didn't they? I think the All Blacks had something like 20% possession, which is unheard of. Um, so Yeah, Australia looks so good, their yeah. attack. Anyway. The good, the bad and the ugly is brought to you this week by Budgie Smuggler UK. We're designing our own custom Budgie Smugglers and need your help. Tweet us in your ideas on what we should have on them. Jim, maybe a, a squirrel for elephant, you? Elephant, squirrel. elephant. Elephant, mate. Bush, squirrel with a bush. Goody, some udders on your butt cheeks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> hey, yeah yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Tweet us in your ideas to at the Rugby Pod and at Budgie Smuggler UK. And we'll pick out the best one next week and check out Budgie Smuggler UK for all your swimwear needs. The good. First one of the season. Um, plenty of good this week, actually. Uh, we're going to start off in Japan. They won the Pacific Nations Cup there, hosting the World Cup. They're definitely going to beat Scotland in their group as well. Uh, so they won the Pacific Nations Cup ahead of the likes of Fiji, Samoa, etc. And talking about the game, uh, Michael Leach's second try for Japan against the USA. How good is he, by the way? One of the tries of 2019. Um, he's an unbelievable player. I haven't seen it. I'm going to watch Hell it Hell of a try. Offload central everywhere. Had that been any tier one nation, that would have gone viral. Uh, oh, I'm going to tweet it, it, it will go viral. Unbelievable. How can they getting out of their group? Um, yeah, they're definitely going to beat Scotland. Where else should we go with uh, the good this week? Lewis Ludlam. Yes. Uh, England debut. Sang the anthem with great passion. You know, obviously a very patriotic, proud Englishman. Great to see. How about the anthem, by the uh, way? It's a great anthem. Uh, you've sang it many times, Jim, in an England shirt, haven't you? Guilty. Yep, guilty. Uh, 19 tackles, zero missed tackles, 10 carries. Uh, and the anthem singing was even better. Uh, so an outstanding debut from him. And he's been announced in the World Cup squad, which is brilliant. Um, England's second st- string team uh, beating the Grand Slam champions who had 13 people came at me and said Wales had a load of injuries no 13 of that starting 15 started against Ireland in the Grand Slam clinching match in the Six Nations to all the Wales fans that abused me on Twitter because I said it was Wales's first team against England's second team stick that in your pipe and smoke it um, what else was good this weekend um, Australia's domination of the All Blacks Nick White was outstanding and uh, in his performance. Great to see. Uh, but the good this week goes to South Africa and especially Andre Pollard scoring 31 points to equal Mornay Stain's record for the most points in a rugby championship match, which was set a decade ago. South Africa winning the rugby championship for the first time since 2009. They get the good. Uh, the bad, uh, only a couple of bad things this week, really. Joey Carberry's ankle injury, uh, Gareth Anscombe's knee injury, and Henry Slade and others as well. We all don't want to see players injured between now and the World Cup, but they are going to happen, so they're pretty bad from the weekend. Uh, what else was bad? Argentina have lost eight straight test matches and have lost 14 of their last 16, so they're in pretty bad shape, which means they'll probably be great at the World Cup and beat England in their group, but let's hope that doesn't happen. Uh, but the bad this week, you won't hear this often. You will not hear this often, James. Well, talk to me. There's nothing in France. Eddie but, Jones? But it kind of is something to do with France because a Frenchman had an impact on the game. The bad this week goes to the All Blacks. Uh, the most points they have ever conceded in a test match and it equals their biggest defeat ever. The Australians pulled their pants down. The All Blacks were a shambles. The wheels are coming off. Mate, it's not. It was under 50. They're fine. The bad this They're week. Fine, They're still going out. <laughs> They're still going out. The bad this week goes to the All Blacks. Uh, the ugly. There's only really one ugly thing for me this weekend and it's all the disagreement, all the debate between was it a red, wasn't it a red? Jerome Garcia's decision to send oh, off Scott Barrett mate. and the fact that it split opinion among players, ex-players, coaches, head coaches. It's not a great look going to the World Cup. So the ugly this week goes to the grey area oh, okay, around I get you. All right. 
Okay. Jerome Garcez's decision. So no something French area. always has to go into the bad or the ugly this week. It's that. <laughs> Thanks, Gertie. Thanks, Jim. And thank you very much for listening as well. Before we go, a final shout out for the premier event that Guinness is hosting this Wednesday at 6.30pm in Flatiron Square in London. If you're in the area, make sure you head along for a free pint of Guinness to celebrate sporting pioneers. For more info, email Guinness at hopeandglorypr.com. Don't forget to subscribe, follow us on Twitter, review us on iTunes, and check out our Superfans monthly subscription service at patreon.com forward slash the rugby pod. I don't want to do it this year. The rugby pod, I'm joking. Pod, pod, pod. <laughs>